Jesus heals a blind man. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Common belief in Jewish culture was that bad things and suffering was the result of some great sin. But in this day and age, it's nothing like that at all. How many times do we see bad people behaving badly, fellow colleague, womanising, and drinking, causing all sorts of trouble, gossiping, etc. The next thing is they get a promotion at work, brand new car, whatever. And you're there thinking, Lord, I've done everything I should be doing. I'm following you. My eyes are for you. My heart is for you. But that sinner over there has been rewarded for bad behaviour. Why, Lord, what have I done wrong? The problem is we live in a fallen world where good behaviour is not always rewarded and bad behaviour not always punished. Therefore, innocent people sometimes suffer. If God took suffering away, whenever we asked, we would follow him for comfort and convenience, not out of love and devotion, regardless of the reasons for our suffering, Jesus has the power to help us deal with it. If you suffer from disease, tragedy or disability, try not to ask why did this happen to me or what did I do wrong or why is God punishing me? Ask God to give you strength for the trial and clearer perspective on what is happening. So in John 9, 3, it was not because of his sins, his parents' sins, Jesus answered this happened so power of God could be seen in him. Christ uses this miracle to teach us about faith and to glorify God. So in John 9, 4 it reads, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. What did Jesus mean by this? The night indicates the limit of the Father's work through Christ on earth. This is his death on the cross. Night is when Jesus would no longer be here. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. And the Father's work needs to be done. So in John 9, 6, Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Why did he use mud and spit? I really want to bring this part out. He could have said, Eyes open. We've seen him do that before, and they'll just be open. And the man's vision would have been restored. He used mud because it was on the Sabbath day. And the Pharisees had made it illegal to work on the Sabbath, and making mud, kneading bread, making clay was all illegal. I think this is so important. But no, he used the mud, and I believe he used it because it was on the Sabbath day. He knew exactly what he was doing. I'm going to do it in a way that breaks the law. Why would he want to do that? He wanted to show that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And I personally believe that he is showing here that he is above the Sabbath and the Sabbath is for the dying body to repair itself and rest. But he showed real compassion by healing people on the Sabbath. Now, I love this next part of the story. When Jesus spit on the ground, and made the mud to repair the man's eyes. 
he was working with original materials. Here we see that Jesus was demonstrating the use of the same materials he first used to shape the human body. In Genesis 2.7 states that God formed Adam's body from the dust of the ground which shows there is nothing fancy about the materials used for making man. The body is lifeless shell, is a lifeless shell until God breathes life into it with his breath. That is just amazing. So he was working with the same materials that God formed Adam from, which really just blows my mind. In John 7, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Shalom, Shalom means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Can you imagine the first time he opened his eyes? Has anybody ever been to the Black Country Museum and been down the mine? And seen how dark it is. And we're only down there for 20 or 30 minutes. And you come up and the light, it's just like blinding. It's like, oh. You imagine a lifetime of darkness and opening your eyes. Well, can you imagine when he went home and met his mum and dad, put a face to their voices? I mean, what if he was married? I hope it was a good sight. <laughs> what? Sorry. So in John 9.8, his neighbours and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Salaam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath and Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. The Pharisees conducted investigations and debated about Jesus. Jesus. People are being healed and lives were being changed. The Pharisees' skepticism was not based on insufficient evidence, but on jealousy of Jesus' popularity and his influence on people. So in John 9.17... Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? His first opinion of Jesus was as a prophet. But he didn't only get physical sight, he also got spiritual sight, then as his Lord. For this man, it was easy for him to trust in Jesus as he had first-hand knowledge of what he could do. So, I'm going to have to leave it there. So, I would like to leave you with this. If you want to know more about Jesus, keep trusting him 
in every area of your life. So I'm going to be carrying on and trying to wind this up a bit, but I'm going to be talking about what are you hearing, which seems strange because the man was given his sight, but I have got the right story. So as I was reading, I just thought, this blind man, he's sat there, and he's not like blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus was shouting out to Jesus. He was like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This one, you know, was making a scene. But this man in this story was just sat there, side of the road, and uh, along comes Jesus. It says, Jesus and his disciples pass by, and they start talking about him. And I was like, my goodness, he's blind, he's not deaf, he can hear everything you're saying. So I'm thinking this man's sitting there, and his hearing is probably quite good. He's using his other senses to rely on what's going on around him. You know, he can hear the footsteps of people coming by, and he's got to listen because that's when he's begging. And I'm thinking this guy's hearing is probably very good. A bit like your kid's hearing. When you don't want them to hear something, kids are going to hear everything. I mean, I've only got to switch the kettle on. Lexi in the other room, other side of the house, is going to go, you're doing a cup of tea? I'll have one. And I'm like, if you want a cup of tea, come and do me one. Or like Freya, she's got amazing hearing. Freya loves Pepsi. Freya loves anything that's bad for you, basically. But she loves Pepsi. So I'm around my mum's house the other week. And uh, my mum's got some Pepsi in. She don't normally have Pepsi. So she don't want to let Freya know that she's got Pepsi in until she asks me. So she whispers to me, I've got Pepsi. And I'm like, just, you know, she did it that quiet. I had to, like, lip read what she was saying. She's like, I've got Pepsi. Freya sat there, other side of the room. She's like, Nan's got Pepsi. I'm like, how did you hear that, you know? So this guy's hearing is going to be like your kids. It's picking up on everything what's going on. And it's not nice when you're being spoke about, is it? You know, if you overhear something, it's not really nice being spoke about. And uh, again, they're asking, whose fault is this? Is it this man's fault? Is it his parents' fault? And as, as John said, in Jewish culture... Sickness and disability, the thought as a result of sin in the lights. So I'm picturing now this man sat down in the dirt, begging, sitting in darkness, and he's listening to the same condemnation that he's heard for decades. And it might have been an innocent question, you know, by the disciples. They want to ask Jesus, let's get to the bottom of this then. Whose, whose fault is it? But I just thought, you know what, this guy's self-esteem and his worth must be rock bottom. He's already classed as an outcast. He's already seen as cursed and unclean. So to hear again, here we go again. Someone's asking now again, whose fault is it? And then we come to the best part. Jesus answers their question. And this man hears the answer. And it's not the answer he's expecting. He hears something different. Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I was like, wow, imagine hearing that. You know, his heart's got to be beating now. He hasn't heard any condemnation or the guilt and shame put on him. We just see now the wonderful, compassionate Jesus 
Just like in the chapter before, in the chapter before, there was the woman caught in adultery. And as everyone walked away, you know, she was at risk of being stoned. Everyone walked away and Jesus tells her, go and sin no more. And again, we just see the same compassionate Jesus reaching out to the blind man. Remember, the blind man hadn't shouted him. So now, this blind man has heard something different. Well, it's not me to blame. And he must have been holding his breath to hear what's going to happen next. You know, the works of God is going to be shown through me. I was like, you know, he's waiting, thinking, oh, what's going on now? And then, here's a spit. You know, we weren't expecting that really, was we? So uh, he hears spitting, so I bet that surprised him. And as we know, mud was put on his eyes. And as John said, Jesus was being scandalous doing this, wasn't he? He was doing it on the Sabbath. But the blind man, he's heard Jesus and he's obeyed him because he's gone to the pool where he was instructed to wash off. Jesus put the mud on, said, go to the pool and wash it off. So the blind man is heard and he's obeyed. And just to draw your attention to the fact he hasn't actually even seen Jesus yet. Even when he does open his eyes, he still doesn't get to see Jesus. Jesus didn't go to the pool with him. He sent him away to wash. And that was okay because he has already heard Jesus. That was enough. In fact, he doesn't even see Jesus till much later on. He comes back, gets a bit of a grilling from all the community who already knew him. They take him to the Pharisees. That was nice of them. And they give him a grilling. And then they call his parents to find out what's going on as well. And finally... He gets booted out of the temple because they don't like what he's saying. And it's only then that Jesus came and finds him. And only then does he get to look upon the face of the one who not only gave him his sight, but took all that guilt and shame away. In the chapter before, Jesus has already said to the Pharisees, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So how are people to know that Jesus is the light? How are people able to have this light? How are people able to no longer walk in darkness? People get to know because they are told, they hear the gospel message. So to know Jesus, they first need to hear the good news. In Romans 10, Verse 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we no longer have to live in darkness like the blind man because we've heard the gospel message and trust in Jesus. And I know for many of us here today, we have heard that gospel message and you know we're now in that light because we love and follow Jesus. But I still want to ask you today, what are you hearing? Because I can tell you that blind man did not go back to believing everything that was already spoken over him. He didn't go back and close his eyes and go and sit back in the dirt and carry on begging. I mean, why would he? He's living his best life now, isn't he? He's telling everyone what Jesus has done for him. I mean, he's even, you know, he's telling everyone that much. He's angered the Pharisees with his answers and being kicked out. So, you know, if he's gone to that level, 
He's not going to go back sitting to what he previously knew, sitting in the dirt. He knows what Jesus has spoken over him and he knows what Jesus has done for him. So why do we effectively close our eyes, as it were? Because we are in this position now. We are in the light. But it's like we're almost, you know, we're in this room full of light, but then we go and close our eyes and fumble around in darkness. Why would we do that? Our position is in the light. But we do it because we don't always hear what God is saying to us. We end up believing and hearing the wrong stuff. And you know how it goes. It might be what people say or thoughts. But it's those little things that keep coming along. Like, you did that and call yourself a Christian. Or, oh, you'll never add up to anything. No one cares about you. Why would they look at you? No one even likes you. Are you even a child of God? Are you even saved? Look at all those bad thoughts you have. Look how angry you get. And all these thoughts and things go through your head. And, you know, I could go on and on. You get it. All those negative things that we've heard, spoke over us. It might have been in the past. It might just be thoughts we have now. But all those little words keep coming back and we keep thinking them over. And we go back to a dark place again. And we get a little bit lost and a little bit depressed. And we think, really? Is this the abundant life Christ was on about? And it's because we're hearing the wrong things. And it might come from people. It might come from the news we watch, programs, music we listen to. We can put ourselves back in a dark place because we're listening to the wrong thing. We think, oh, it's hopeless in the world, look at it. Or I've got no place here and I can't do nothing and I'm worthless. And we take ourselves from this position where we are in the light. We almost close our eyes and choose to live in this darkness instead. And so we need to keep going back to God's word and hearing what he is saying about us. Because he is more than able to provide and protect us. And if we really heard what he says about us, then we would know how loved we are. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Draw attention to those words there. You are chosen, royalty, holy, God's special possession. He's called you out of darkness and said this about you. You're special, you're holy, you're chosen, that's how much he loves you. And so just like the blind man... Now we're walking in light and we have something we can rejoice in. We have got something to shout about. The blind man must have told everyone he met for the rest of his life. He's got a story to tell. He's not going to forget where he was, but he knows where he is now. And he's got a story to tell about his encounter with Jesus. And we have so much to be thankful for and so much to share as well. In John 10, verse 27. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So do you hear that? He's our shepherd, we're his sheep, we follow him, we hear his voice, and he gives us eternal life. I mean, we have got something to share, celebrate, like the blind man, let's go. And tell everyone what Jesus has done for us. 
Keep hearing what he's saying over you. Go back to his word. Keep hearing what he's speaking over you. And then go out and share. That's how others get to hear. You need to keep hearing, but we also need to go out. Keep sharing so others get to hear the good news of uh, the gospel and so that they don't need to live in darkness either.